0: Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos and Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast.
1: Don't worry about trying to add every single effect out there.
2: Uh, Pick two or three that you can learn. Start small and then add from there. Keep it clear. Make your subject concise uh, so that your viewers really understand what they're supposed to learn and what they're supposed to take away at the end.
0: I think anything you put in your video should have a a really strong purpose. Make it fight to be there. Hey everybody, my name is Matt Pierce, Learning and Video Ambassador for TechSmith. I've got Justin and Andy with me for another episode of our workflow series here on the Visual Lounge. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today we are going to get into the topic. We're going to be talking about attributes of a good video. It's interesting, we were talking about this pre-show, just kind of figuring out like all the things we're going to talk about. And I think, I don't know if we ever really could settle because there are so many potential things to talk about that we hope that you get a lot out of this because we think we're going to talk about a lot of good things. So, Let's see where do we want to start let's start with actual video attributes things that go into video as our our starting point what types of things are you guys finding in videos that make them better enhance them or help them work any initial thoughts Andy or Justin what's that Andy are I think you, having a motion I, I think can't having see you
2: a face a face on camera I think is one place I'm gonna start with um and this is something that you know i I don't know the effect that it has necessarily, but there is an effect, right? When, when you turn on a video and you have to watch something and you see somebody who's actually looking directly at the camera and talking to you, it's slightly more engaging than just seeing a title screen pop up first thing, right? So we've got eye contact or at least fake eye contact. Uh, and there's, there's a little bit of engagement. So for me, I'm gonna start right there. I think a face on the video is, is a attribute of a good video.
0: Well, I I love that idea because here's the thing I was just thinking and this is totally random so I apologize. I think about when you like walk into a room and someone you make eye contact with someone and it's I like I can't back out now. Like maybe it's a little bit like that, right? Like oh, uh, yeah. they they I'm saw committed. me. <laughs> I'm, I got to be here for at least a few minutes. Yeah. Justin, yeah, what I do think
1: you think it's, I think it's the same I think it's the same thing with uh just that adding that personal connection. So you automatically are going to feel more connected To that video because there's a person in it even if you don't know that person there's just some you know some sort of connection with faces and humans and how we interact with each other and what that does in our brain Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen some stuff even even just in terms of thumbnails as well like having a face on a thumbnail and again it's it's a little outside the video itself but same same idea um, is gonna draw somebody in more because people like seeing people
2: yeah. It's more it's more engaging to look at a person than to look at a screen recording of whatever they're going to show you. And I think the same is true of like, you know, as you watch the video, maybe maybe the video just at the beginning has their face and they're just introducing themselves and what they're about to talk about. And then they go and do the whole thing is screen recorded. Maybe there's not even a picture in picture, but now I know who I'm listening to and I feel that slight connection at least to that person. So, it's okay if you're going to have the screen recording up the rest of the time, but now I have that connection with the narrator. Uh, and, and who's speaking and hopefully they have good audio too. Cause that'll keep me there. Ah, do you like that yeah. segue?
0: I will. I want to share it real quick. So uh, <laughs> a friend of ours, a tech Smith, Daniel quick, he works for a company called thought industries. He actually shared with me recently that at a previous company worked out, they added faces at the beginning of their learning courses, like people talking, like a talking head. And they saw course completions go up. Like mm-hmm. they could actually correlate yeah. the, that change, adding someone at the beginning to going to actually people completing their, their courses and their videos. So I think I, Andy, I think that's a really great one. So what, what else is there that we could be attributes that make for a good video? Andy, you mentioned good audio. I think that's super, super critical. Like we've talked about before. I don't want to mm-hmm. belabor the point, but sure. have good audio. What other, what other items are attributes of, of good videos? Well,
2: I, I don't know that just, Oh, go ahead. Maybe. Nope. I was just going to say, I don't know if they have, um, you know, I guess it depends on the video and what you want your users to do. But for me, it's also okay. They got here. They watched your content. Maybe they watched it all the way through because you had that person in the video. So they completed it. But what is, what's the last bit from them that you want? What's the call to action? What's the next step? Um, is there somewhere you want them to go? Is there, you know, a URL, is there a, Hey, download the course or watch the next video or check out our product? Um, you know, give them some guidance. You need to kind of put the rails on so they know where to go, where you want them to move next, uh, and and what the next steps are.
1: Yeah, that's a definitely. Lot of I think
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not <laughs> an attribute of good videos. Really, a lot of silence. Really
1: thoughtful comment. You know, I'm gonna think here. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's absolutely right, and I think it's one of those things that people miss if they uh, are just stopping their video at the end. And not, and not giving some sort, even if it's, hey, let me know if you have any questions. You know, a very just basic sort yeah. of colloquial type response to somebody as you're making your video. Or, hey, let me know in the comments below what you're looking to learn next. Or so- something to sort of spark a next level engagement, even if you don't have another piece of content that you're trying to push, or another course you're trying to get them to lead into. Just something to keep them interacting with you uh, after the video is done.
0: Well, and I think that goes to the intent, right? We've talked about intent a number of times here in the podcast, but I think it's interesting that, you know, we we make some assumptions about our viewers and, but our viewers don't know what we're thinking. Like, mm-hmm. so I I do think we want to be clear in our path, right? Like we want to help them to know what's next or what they should do. Or, and that might not just like, I think if you're on YouTube, it's probably like watch the next video, stay on YouTube, do these things, right? But like from a mm-hmm. learning perspective, it's, Now, what should I do? I've taken in this knowledge and a video, I mean, we'll say in that sense is kind of passive, right? I'm not actively doing things typically, but now what, what do I do? I've learned this thing. What do I do with it? And I think that's a really important, you know, like I, you know, Justin, like maybe it's about asking questions. Maybe it's about saying like, Hey, I need you to reflect what did you learn? And that's actually, um, yeah. and I cited this all over the place and I apologize, I never quite get the reference right, but it's Dr. Richard Mayer, I've talked about him before, I'm sure on the podcast and on other places. But one of the things you can do in learning is just adding that reflection piece and people will learn more from the video uh, based on the research that they did. And I, I think that's that call to action, the CTA or, or whatever you're getting them to do at the end, have them do something, even if it is just, write down three things that you learned um, we don't do that a lot at TechSmith, but I could see an internal right. organization that could be really powerful.
2: You know, and, and as powerful as that is, I think the thing that can hinder it though, and and I would just put this other other guidepost on it, is too many calls to action, right? It's so like give them one clear, concise step. Here's what you should do. If it's if it's write down three things, that's one thing, you know. But if it's if it's I want you to like this video, subscribe to our channel, turn on the bell for notifications, go watch this next video and check out techsmith.com. Oh, oh my God! Which one out. did you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> Pick one. So yeah, give them give them concise, clear directions.
1: Yeah, I think in one and one other thing I would add as we kind of move on to different things that sort of sparked in my brain as you're trying to think through, like to get somebody to remember what's in the video. Um, it, this could this could appear in a myriad of ways, so it's it's not necessarily like one type of attribute. But I think having something on screen even even just text wise to hit the points as you're going through is going to help signify i think we've sort of been trained maybe even like a, in a powerpoint world to like remember the things that are going through and so you know especially in a step by step if i'm thinking you know if i'm watching something and i can remember the points that okay so yeah step one was like get out this particular thing or step two was this because something happened on screen a lower third flew in or a transition came over with a, some text or something just to signify that this is a change in the video so that a refreshes my brain and we've kind of talked about that before but that also helps s- sort of stamp that in my brain I don't know if there's any science behind this but it sort of just stamps it in my brain of like okay this is the thing I remember as I'm going through a couple of recent videos that I watched that did that. And it was really helpful. It just kind of helped me be able to reset versus just, uh, you know, a 10 minute straight, whether it was monologue of screen content or even monologue of like face content. Like it's hard to remember those points without having that, you know, almost bulleted list of things to sort of visualize what's happening.
0: Well, I I think to that point, Justin, I, I do think there's good value in that. It's a balancing act though, right? Because one of the things we see with PowerPoint that people do, and you don't want to do this with your videos, don't just fill it up with text. Don't just make it, like, all those things appear at one time, right? Like you want to yep. emphasize the thing at that point. And, and I can see like, let's say it's a six six step process. You might have like the, all six things, but the other things are grayed out and we're like on step three. And that's, that one's maybe bold and standing out. So I do think there's value, but... here's what the kind of my understanding is. And if I'm getting this wrong, everyone's going to tell me I'm wrong. That's okay. That from a learning perspective, I can listen to audio. I can listen to your voice. I can see things and I can process that pretty well. But when all of a sudden you start to ask me to do things like read a bunch of text and listen to your voice Mm -hmm. and watch everything else that's moving on screen, your brain just can't handle that. And it's what we call cognitive... Uh, load is you're overloaded right cognitively mm-hmm. and and so we want to make sure we're balancing those things out so as you're designing your videos plan for those things right like and i, I think that's the hard part of knowing like well how do i do that well um but you got to bring it, breathe it, bring in some breathing space and some space for that text to be there and maybe you you actually say the words of that what's that bullet point going to be because then it's not as cognitively heavy because you can I can hear it and I'm not really reading it as much as I'm seeing it. Can yeah, exactly. That connection.
1: Exactly. That's what I, that's more of what I'm thinking is less like adding additional context to the video that I have to process. That's completely separate and much more like taking a line out of my script and throwing that on screen. So I can like, it's sort of like closed captions. You, you can process closed captions really fast when you get used to it. At least I can. I watch TV shows with closed captions all the time. <laughs> and, uh, And you can kind of, sometimes I almost read it before they say it, you know, because that's sort of how that goes. But I think, again, just aligning those things to where it's not, yes, you don't want three separate things going on at once because there's no way you'll be able to, it actually defeats the purpose entirely of what we're trying to do. We're trying to simplify it to where folks can get the information as easily as possible.
0: So I want to bring up an example. I just watched this and it's a TechSmith video that was... I believe it's public. It will be by the time this is released. It was a, a, a it was a clip of Katie Ryan, who we interviewed at TLDC, and our coworker Katie put this edit together. And one thing that I saw that was really great, that was really helpful, and I and I know this stuff, so it wasn't like for me. But she, Katie Ryan, our guest, used the word. She said SME or SME, and there's a little pop up, and it just said, asterisk subject matter expert for anyone who doesn't know what an SME is, right? Like. And I thought that was just super effective because it's an interview. So it's just two people talking on screen. And it was just this nice little clarity piece of information that for me, like, again, I know what an SME is. I was the person in the interview, but it was, I just thought it was really well done. It wasn't distracting. It wasn't, didn't take up a bunch of room. It wasn't overly like like gaudy in terms of movement and all Mm -hmm. this stuff to like draw your attention to it. But it was like, if you at that moment didn't know what it was, that was a perfect, like helpful piece of information. And it really took me no time to process it and still keep up with what Katie was saying.
2: Right. And that was it. It didn't say, it didn't come up as a paragraph and say, just so you're aware an SME is also considered a subject matter. Nope. SME equals subject matter expert. Like very, Quicker to the point. Boom, you understand, because anything you bring up on screen, someone is going to read and their brain's going to now process that and either stop listening or try and do both at the same time. So it has to be lightweight. It has to be. I mean, I would say supplemental, right? Like it's anything on screen should hopefully add to the point. But if it wasn't there, we wouldn't lose a lot either. Um, And I don't know. I. I think those things are super helpful when done right, and super destructive when done wrong. If you if you bring a PowerPoint slide up that's like a paragraph of text, but you aren't reading that text directly, you're talking about something else. Me, per, I'm gonna read the text and stop listening. Um, and so you you just provided a distraction for your viewers. And so and even I would even say the opposite is true though, where like even if the person is reading that PowerPoint, why are you showing me? Like don't show me the text mm-hmm. and have them read like. It, pick the supplemental pieces you want to emphasize from that, like Justin was saying, where it's like maybe just one line, it comes up on screen. Um, but, but the whole thing, now I'm going to try and read ahead. Justin mention that too, right? You're reading ahead on the captions. Uh, and so now I'm reading ahead on the PowerPoint. If they paused even a little bit, I'm, I'm now ahead of them. So there's a, there's a fine balance. And I think it's an easy one to strike. I, I don't want to sound like I'm overcomplicating it, but, you know, pick a great line of text from that paragraph, pull that out, let them be on screen and talk the rest of the time.
0: Yeah. I want to ask you guys a question. I want to shift gears here a little bit because we've talked about uh, some really good stuff. I want to talk about lower thirds and I want to get your opinions because the lower thirds, for what's well, define that first, right? The, it's usually a little pop-up that's got the person's name, their title or some, some other information. But usually like we talk of lower thirds in terms of like, we'd see one for Andy that says Andy Owen, video producer, Justin Simon, you know, global content manager, Matt Pierce, learning blah, video blah, master, blah. right? It's that kind of thing. How valuable is that? Is that something we should be including in our videos? Is that something like I see it all the time? So I'm assuming it's valuable, but is it really? Is it really something that we should be doing? Uh, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of context of when or why, but I'm I'm curious what you guys are thinking about this because I I'm starting to think maybe I'm changing my opinion about it.
2: Hmm. Ooh, interesting. Justin, as a viewer, what do you think?
1: I think it. I think it honestly what you said before is exactly probably how I would describe it is if it is supplemental to the content that you're showing on the screen. So if I'm watching a video and it's an interview and you haven't told me who this person is or where they work, it is very helpful to see a slide through of who that person is and, you know, and what they are. I think at the same time, you know, it's not quite a lower third, but I've noticed this a lot, even even as you watch sort of like, news shows or like sports shows or sports center or something like that you'll see like this almost lower third that just excuse me that describes what they're talking about in that segment and so if i kind of hop in i can just see okay they're talking about x y and z and i think that can be useful because i don't need to and it doesn't it's not changing all the time it's not swapping over it's it's steady and it's static and i think having something stay there that Supplements what the content is, so I can come in and I'm like, okay, yes, this is what we're talking about in this section. And maybe you move on to another section and you bring in another lower third or another, you know, mm-hmm. little bit of text that's going to say what's in what this section's about. That's that's kind of how I would frame it, but interesting, yeah, not excessive.
0: You know, visual cue you, hey, real quick, Andy. A visual cue. Yeah. So if I was skimming, I could find the parts. That's I, that's an interesting use. I didn't think about that. Go ahead, Andy.
2: Well, and that's funny, because before I get to my point, even that make, that reminds me, Justin, and I've talked about like Gary V videos where he'll have like kind of the subject on the side of the video of like all the things I'm going to cover. It's almost like chapters and it's highlighted mm-hmm. when he's on the certain section. And then like as you're skimming through, you can see what highlighted section he's on. I, I, I like that effect. I, I haven't used it much in mind, but I think that's an effective uh, tool. Um, but what I, I was didn't gonna even, say
1: too is. Oh, God, I was going to say I didn't even think about the skimming part, which is super interesting, too. As you're especially if you have a longer piece of content or something and and YouTube will do this for you with, you know, with some of the things, but depending on your player, you might not get it. So if I can kind of scrub and see in in a kind of nice format, what that content is, that's that could be an interesting use case for that for using a lower third.
2: Yeah. I mean, and then then we can get into, and I think we've talked about it before, maybe not, but we've talked about like chapter indexes, you know, for YouTube or for for other platforms where you can really break things out by chapter. Um, and that even gets back to the bullet points we were talking about earlier, where it kind of breaks it up by thought. Um, well, one of the things I was going to mention, though, is you brought up Katie Ryan's video earlier that we, would you know, produced. Um, and the thing about that was it was from a much longer interview that you can find the whole thing on TechSmith Academy. Uh, but. In this version, we didn't want to spend the time to introduce everybody to the audience. And so that's where the lower third is powerful because rather than saying, hi, I'm Katie Ryan, I work for such and such, I do this and that. Uh, and then, oh, hi, well, I'm Matt Pierce from you know TechSmith. Nope, Tech, Matt Pierce, TechSmith, Katie Ryan. I'm blanking on the company name. Uh, but anyway, and, and boom, we know who we're looking at, right? And there's no need for this introductory paragraph because a lot of times our viewers I hate to say it this way, but they don't care. Like they're in here for the content, not necessarily, even when the person is an expert on that content, not necessarily their credentials, right? They just want to hear the advice. Is it good advice or bad advice? That's what I'm here for. So we introduce them with a lower third, but we're right into the content immediately. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I I love that. So it's interesting as I keep waffling back and forth because part of me thinks like, man, we probably, I probably overuse my lower thirds, right? Like I, maybe I'm using too much, but I can, but I love what you said, like what Justin said about like, if someone jumps in like in a live event, right? right? Like they get immediate context. And and Mm -hmm. Andy, what you're saying is you're also saying it's setting up context without having to say it, which is takes so much time. Like every time I say my title, learning video ambassador, like how many (laughs) seconds is that out of our video? And like, no one cares. And most, unless they need to know that I'm an expert or that I have that, those credentials and that's going to help them. They don't care, you guys don't care who I am. You care that I provide good content. And if I'm not providing good content, you're gonna leave a a rating and review and let us know so I can fix it. Uh, But I think it's interesting.
2: I would even say we take it a step further sometimes, like with our YouTube series, when I am on camera, I don't say, hi, I'm Andy Owen, video production specialist lead at TechSmith. It's, hi, I'm Andy from TechSmith. Like that's not even on screen content necessarily, but again, we're getting right into the content. I've told you my name, I've told you where I work. That's all. That's all you care about. Any deeper than that, you you might care. Like there's a few of us. I'm one of those weirdos who likes to know more information than less. But but for the majority of your audience, it doesn't really matter. The other thing I thought of that you mentioned was, you know, if you leave the lower third on or, or bring it up throughout the video, it reminds me of radio where right at, you know, the top of the hour or a half hour break, you might hear them say, and just to remind you, you're listening to so-and-so and and our guest today is so-and-so and and I'm, you know, so-and-so and and we'll be right back. Like, it's kind of like, hey, if you're just tuning in, just a reminder, this is what we're talking about and this is who we've got. So um, all of these things are just kind of for video visual cues of who we're Mm -hmm. talking to, what the subject is, um, kind of where we're at in the thought process. So I think they can all be really great uh, supplemental help.
1: And I think at the end of the day, you're looking just to guide people through that that content. That's why we're adding these attributes and these effects to begin with, is you want people to, A, to get the information, regardless of what you're trying to share, but you want to get them through the video. Hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. they stay to the end and they watch the whole thing and they're able to actually learn something. Um, and that's why you're doing this. You're not doing it necessarily to make a fancy video. You're doing it to make a high-quality video that shares the information.
2: Right
0: yeah for sure and and no one has to use all these things. These are just common elements that we found. in fact, let's go ahead and re- reference right now that we do have research out there. The video viewer study if you go to techsmith you'll you can find it uh just I think even if you search video viewer research uh techsmith you'll you'll bring up the stuff that talks about these some of these common elements that we're that we're talking about today as well as others i want I want to make sure we talk about one more and we've talked a lot about visuals. we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. audio, which we've talked about, and you know like voice quality and stuff we in other other episodes, but I wanna talk about music and whether that really is something that should be in our videos or not, or when it should or when it shouldn't, because I think, um, I love music. I think music is really powerful. It can really, uh, it can change the feel of, of a different video. I actually have a, in one of my presentations, I've done it, I've, I show the exact same video clips with different music, one is like a horror kind of sounding, so it feels very tense. And the other ones are like a romantic, like Barry White song, and it just like same video, but it changes dramatically the feel of that video. Um, so, I guess any thoughts about using music, background music, or music in in your video? Should we? Should we not? When's the best time? Well, let's
2: let's start with the assumption that we're talking about legally licensed. Copyright free royalty or excuse me, royalty free music uh, that you can either purchase from a royalty free site or use from TechSmith uh, assets. Um, but but we're not talking about something you hear on Spotify and, and like, oh, you know, I paid ninety nine cents on iTunes. That one's mine now. Like, that's not cool. Correct. But if we're talking like good background music, um, I think it, the funny thing is, um, gosh, it depends on your preference. Because we've got some videos on our YouTube channel where, yeah, we rely heavily on music throughout. Like on my videos, there's a music bed throughout the entire bottom of the videos. The Katie Ryan videos, the interviews we do, we don't put music in at all until the very end for the end card to kind of let you know that like that's a wrap, it's over. Um, So music can act as a cue for the viewer, right? Like as I'm talking at the beginning of the video, there's kind of a, a build of music. Then we go into the title card, the music gets louder. And then when we come in for the rest of the video, it's there, but it's really, really quiet. Um, and it just kind of keeps the pace, I think, because for YouTube, especially, we're trying to keep kind of a more like, um, I don't know what the word is, not fast paced feel, but you know, we're it, almost a little more urgency, right? Like keep paying attention, keep listening. We're getting to the point, we're getting there. Uh, and then at the end, again, you know, it gets louder. So, um, Gosh, I f- feel like I went on a, a rant here. I don't have a, a great answer because it, I think it depends.
0: I think I thought that was pretty good. Justin, what about you? What do you think?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I've
1: added music to videos before. And I think as a viewer, I kind of pay attention to it, but but probably not a ton. I think, and again... So much of this is subjective, so it depends on on what you're trying to do but I think at at its core and we've done some content around adding music to videos and and the real purpose in my mind is to set that mood for your video in terms of what you're you know we've all sort of heard like the classic corporate song or the you know depending on what it is right like what type of video you're trying to make and so but you can you can absolutely change the feel like you were talking about Matt change the feel of that video and so when I think about adding music I think about like how do I want people to feel after they watch the video and then that's how I try to find the music to match up to it so if it's you know if it's depends on the message too but I want to align those things so if I want people to be leave uh leave the video and be inspired I'll try to find some sort of soundtrack that's more upbeat and maybe try to end on that. So you leave the video feeling like, Oh yeah, like this is exciting. This is something that I'm interested in. Um, yeah. I mean, typically I'm not uh, creating anything that's sort of a, with a sad soundtrack, but uh, you could see where that, you know, you could have the exact same content overlay and play, you know, a downbeat song and it's going to just change the complete tone of that video.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, we've all seen I, the I animal adoption with the- videos. Uh, yeah,
1: Yeah. Image. exactly. Exactly. That's a great, that's a great point. Right. You see that really sad, I mean, you know, imagery plus music and all that combined, but like, mm-hmm. it, it's probably like filmmaking one oh one, right. Using all those elements at your disposal to try to, you know, emote something out of people like um, to, to create a feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, music is so powerful in that way. And I think uh, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, one, you don't have to, Like, to Andy's point, you don't have to use music throughout. And I've done this well, and I've done this poorly. Early on in my days of making video, when I knew nothing about really about good video, uh, I started making these one-minute video series. Like, it was about when we first launched Screencast.com, guys. This was years ago. (laughs) And I, I used a soundtrack, a little music clip, at the beginning of every single video, the same one. I was thinking, oh, it's a good signal. This is part of that series. People were like, could you please stop using that song this is awful. Like, really, every single time. Because they are short videos, so you're going to watch them really quickly. And all of a sudden, they're like, please, please, I hate this song. It is the worst song ever. The other thing I'll say from funny. what I've learned is going back to that co- cognitive load, if you're doing, if you're really focused on learning, music can be really a problem. It can be distracting, even if it's low. Like, I think the best soundtracks are the ones you don't really notice, but they've influenced you. Yeah. Movies do that so well. Um, yeah. But like again you can process the voice but you're processing voice and music it gets heavy and you can, I think mm-hmm. it could be done well I'm sure it work there's people that can make it work but it, you got to be really careful and thoughtful about what music the tempo the the level comparisons like if I'm struggling to hear your voice at all and I'm pick just picking up music then Absolutely. it's going to be way harder to learn yeah again I think, I, think, I
1: think it needs it needs to be supplemental it needs to yeah. it needs to assist your video not take away from your video. You don't need to just add music for the sake of adding music. You don't need to add any of these attributes for the sake of, well, I've got to add stuff. A lot of times that addition to your video just for the sake of addition is going to you know, hurt your video more than it's going to help it.
2: Yeah. And, and though it's not a difficult task by any means, adding music to a video does come with an extra complication of what's referred to as audio ducking or audio emphasizing, right? So when your person is speaking on screen, the music can't be louder than that person or, or all your viewers are going to be saying, I can't even hear what they're saying over the music or vice versa. It's, I'm sorry, is that music playing in the background? What is that? Like there's there's a distraction either way. So there is a fine balance to find. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm reviewing, you know, videos with my team and that's a pretty common one is hey, we've gotta we've gotta choose the decibels we're setting this at as like a regular, this is good for music, this is good for my voice. Um, and because these are these are just things that your viewers uh don't need to be distracted by. Again, it should be an emphasis, you know, and a supplemental item, not not a distraction.
0: So I i just I'm gonna tell a quick story because I've got a few yeah. I've made a lot of mistakes lately. So I, I made a video and it was for a presentation. I'm glad for...
1: you can admit all your mistakes, Matt, so we don't have to. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have got a lot of them. I, I'm I'm really the person that makes all the mistakes, and then you guys are like, "Yep, don't do the way he did. That's stupid." It was nonsense. it was a pretty well like big conference event. that was made this presentation. I thought I'm going to use music to keep because I wanted that movement, you know, I, I wanted that energy. Well, uh, I didn't I didn't get the music levels right, and I thought I did. I I yeah. thought I I'd, I'd gone through it. I listened to it, and it was sounded good, but mm-hmm. I didn't listen on lots of other devices yep. to see what it sounded like for other people. Yep. And it turned out, like, the comments in this, and it was pre-recorded, and people were like, I can't hear this, and they were just dropping. So I actually, that yeah. night, I ended up having to, because it was going to play again, I had to go make a new version, remove, like, just strip out all the audio, which wasn't super hard, but I had to do it. Right. had to reproduce it, make sure everything was still right. And it just ended up making me look bad and, and you know, reflected poorly on my presentation. Um, but to you guys' point, yeah, it's, it's, there's extra layers of, complexity that you have to, and you can't just even if you just set your decibel levels which is hard to right. do if you don't know what you're doing you, right. you still have to check it like you have to go do that due diligence and so bad on me I mean, I've-, I've learned my lesson
2: I've, I've basically three, no, four sets of speakers that I can test things on. And I forget to more often than I remember. And, you know, I've got my AirPods, which are a little more treble. So a little more high end than they are bass heavy. I've got my, you know, professional mixing headphones that I use for for actual audio editing. I've got my computer speakers. And then I've got actual like separate speakers with, you know, their own subwoofer. But Every one of those is going to make my audio sound differently, and I can't control what my viewers are going to watch it on, so there has to be that middle ground so if you're worried about it, you know maybe just kind of fade it out after the intro so that the people speaking are emphasized for sure but uh, yeah, there's definitely a balance to be found, um, but man, you can't control what people are listening to it on
0: yeah well we we are at time, my friends, and so we appreciate everybody listening let's let's go into our final take. And uh, we'll go Justin, Andy, and then I'll close this up here.
1: Yeah, I'll say don't worry about trying to add every single effect out there. Uh, pick two or three that you can learn and actually make in your videos effectively before you try to add more. Uh, there's lots of different things you can choose, but start small and then add from there.
2: And there's so many things that are attributes of good videos, whether it's uh, a clear... Message, uh, clear audio, clear call to action. But I think the, the theme is keep it clear, make your subject concise, uh, and so that your viewers really understand what they're supposed to learn and what they're supposed to take away at the end.
0: All right. Well, my, my final take is this that I think anything you put in your video should have a, a really strong purpose. Make it fight. To be there if you're going to add music have a good reason for it to be there if you're going to add a lower third it should be doing a job and if it's not doing that job get rid of it because it's not actually going to be doing anything worthwhile um, and then learn what those are so you can apply them consistently across your videos like don't just say like oh i only do this in one video no g- give it a job and let it work its job in any video that you do and then you'll get better and figure out that you don't need everything as i already said and then you can apply those as it's really appropriate without it it will make your work faster and i think it'll make it easier and much much clearer so with that said awesome. we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the visual lounge we are so grateful for everyone that joins us each week uh, twice a week, as we do these, uh, if you got a topic you want to hear from, let us know at thevisuallounge at TechSmith.com. Make sure you like and rate and subscribe and do all those good things. That just helps us feel confident about what we're doing. If you got a beef with us, send it to Andy's email. Let him know. <laughs> <laughs> Comment on YouTube. It's the same thing. Uh, yeah. We, we actually do. Uh, we do really appreciate all of our listeners. And we want to thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you guys all next time.